everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Luna's Galaxy podcast. My name is Emmy, but you can also call me Luna, and I'll be the host of this show. Luna's Galaxy podcast goes live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcast services on Tuesday, every two weeks. For this episode, we have four segments, gaming news, what I've been playing, questions, and this episode's topic of the show. Which, in this episode's topic of the show, <laughs> we are going to be talking about my top 10 PS2 games. So, very exciting. And what I really like about this is that I'm going to be comparing my top 10 PlayStation 2 games from when I was 9 years old um, and now, <laughs> when I'm 21. <laughs> so, this will be very interesting. Um, for context, back in the day, I had this little, very little pink laptop. <laughs> And I would, I would make videos on it. They were never posted anywhere because, like, I was, I was young. I was, like, nine or ten years old. And, um, I remember making them. And the idea came to me, um, good friend, uh, Gamer Gal Mila suggested for the topic of the show doing some sort of top ten list. And I liked that. And, um, another good friend, Jay DeMille, suggested, uh, doing something about, you know, early experiences in gaming, you know, kind of like those first-time memories of, like, playing video games, and I kind of combined them, <laughs> um, those two suggestions, and so I remembered making the videos on my old laptop, and so I got out the old laptop, right, and I found, <laughs> um, the videos that I made, so there was a top 10 PlayStation 2 games list, <laughs> and there was another one for top 10 DS games, which was also very entertaining. There was a few other things on the laptop that were, like, really funny. <laughs> At least I thought they were funny. You know, some, like, Kingdom Hearts idol videos that I made. Top 10 Kingdom Hearts characters. Um, there was, like, an album just called Animal Crossing, and it was just filled with <laughs> pictures of, like, random villagers. <laughs> it, it was really cute. And so I thought I would share um, nine-year-old Emmys. <laughs> top 10 PlayStation 2 games. So, you know, even though I've only technically been doing this sort of content creation stuff for a little under a year, you know, I've, I've been going at this since I was like nine. I've been wanting to do this for a while. So <laughs> that'll be really funny to look at. I think it's really funny anyway. So yeah, <laughs> looking forward to that. I hope you're all very excited to hear um, nine-year-old Emmy's opinions on video games. <laughs> Uh, but before we get started, I would like to remind you that if you would like to write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts for the Luna's Galaxy Podcast, I'd very much appreciate it. Um, and also, um, I this is really important. I, I mean, yeah, it's really important. Um, so on November 9th, 11th, and 13th, on my Twitch channel, which is Emmy Luna Games, I'm going to be live streaming and raising money for Food Banks Canada. And so, actually, the day that this episode comes out will be the day of the first stream. So, um, there's a lot of incentives and donation goals that I'm very excited about. So, if you donate a certain amount of money, you can get a personal thank you e-card from me. Um, I'm not able to, like, physically send cards, but I will make a little a little cute picture for you. Very personalized. <laughs> um, you can also get me to wear my froggy hat on stream. The froggy hat is very cute. I posted a picture of it in Discord and on my Twitter if you want to see it. it I'm very excited to wear, be wearing the froggy hat. Um, I'll also put some stickers on my face if you donate a certain amount. Um, they're like big uh, Mario stickers. Um, they're bigger than I thought they would be. So I don't know how many stickers I'll be able to fit on my face. But, um, you know, that's cool. They're cute. I want to put some like on my laptop or like my Switch too. So... 
multi-purpose use of these stickers because there was a lot of them. There was like a hundred that came in the package, but yeah, very exciting. Um, or you can choose a game for me to stream. So if you donate over $50, if you do over $50 donation, um, you can choose a game for me to stream. And I have a list of games that I am able to play. Um, I posted that in the Discord and I believe also on my Twitter. Um, if you want me to stream a game that is not on that list, just let me know. But I cannot promise that I will be able to do it. Um, if it is like an accessible game, so if it's already like in my collection, it just wasn't on the list. Or if I can like easily emulate it or it's not overly expensive, I might still be able to play the game that you request. So uh, the list isn't like, <laughs> the list isn't like everything I can do, but um, those are the ones that are like very easy and that like I know I will enjoy. <laughs> but yeah, just, just let me know if there's a game on the list or not on the list that you'd like me to play and we can kind of talk about it. So those are some of the donation incentives for um, the charity streams that I will be doing. Um, but we do have like wider uh, donation goals, sort of milestones that we're going to be going for. So if we're able to raise over $100, um, I will be streaming Bratz Rock Angels uh, PlayStation 2 game, <laughs> um, which I think is, is a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know what y'all think, but I really like Bratz and the PS2 games are like pretty cute. So I think that'll be fun. I'll do like a full playthrough of it. It won't even be a one-time thing. I'll do a full playthrough of the fucking Bratz game. Um, also, if we raise over $250, we'll be doing a trivia night stream, which I think would be really fun. <laughs> um, I will get some sort of reward figured out for that if we do hit the goal, but um, I think just general video game trivia would be really fun. <laughs> and if we raise over $500, I will I will cosplay Bald Sora, <laughs> which uh, that'll be fun. That'll be entertaining. Uh, you know, just get a Sora cosplay and a bald cap and... You know, it'll be really questionable content, but it's very on brand. So <laughs> that's that's the $500 donation goal. So those are our three sort of milestone goals. If we can just hit the $100, like I'll be happy, but there is more incentives there. <laughs> um, so yeah, very exciting. And so the day that this comes out on the Tuesday, um, that was the first uh, charity stream and I'm going to be playing some Kingdom Hearts. Uh, the second day of the charity streams is going to be the Thursday, the November 11th. Um, we're going to be playing some Zero Escape. And then on Saturday, which is the 13th, um, we're going to be doing a community night, which I'm very excited about. I love community nights. <laughs> um, we'll be playing some Mario Kart and some Animal Crossing. And yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. So yeah, and also I'll include the link to the Tiltify campaign in the description of this episode if you would like to contribute. Because I know not everyone can uh you know make it to the twitch streams and stuff so i will uh, put the link in this episode if you would like to donate you don't have to but if you would like to it'll be there um i'm i'm very excited for this it's my first ever um charity stream i mean charity streams is more uh what's the word specific not particular um accurate accurate's the word i'm thinking of um it is my first uh charity streams so it's a bit scary, but I, I feel really good about it. I'm very excited for it. Um, I wanted to do this because I'd been seeing just sort of on the news a lot lately in my own sort of local community about how um, the food banks have been really struggling this year and um, because prices are going up and, you know, also because of COVID, people just don't have as much money as they did, you know, before. <laughs> and so um, I thought this was really important. If I can do anything to help, if we can do anything to help, um, I would love to do so. So yeah, I'm very excited 
I'm very, very excited. That's <laughs> so yeah, if you would like to donate, you can donate. If not, then you don't have to. But you know, feel free to drop by the charity streams because I think it's gonna be a fun time regardless. Oh yes, I have another little announcement here. So I've also made a Kofi account. So for those of you that aren't familiar uh, with Kofi, um, it's a little website where you can give tips to content creators. I was thinking about making a Patreon, but the thing with Patreon is that I am unable <laughs> to provide more content for you guys currently. So uh, with Kofi, there isn't sort of that expectation that I'm gonna provide you guys more content. Um, you can do like monthly donations, you can do one-off donations. Um, you don't ever have to, <laughs> uh, like, support me financially. Like, I'm good. But if you would like to, the option is there. Because I have had some people sort of reach out and be like, hey. So, I made a Kofi if you would like to donate uh, that way. But, yeah, I'll also put the link to that in the description of this episode. But, yeah. Uh, so, a lot to cover before we even really <laughs> got started into the real episode. So, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, gaming news. So... Uh, very, it was like the day after the last episode posted, I think, um, we had the state of play and the state of play, it wasn't, um, great. It wasn't, I don't know if I would, I don't think I've, I would say it's as bad as some other people said it was. I think that there has probably been worse state of plays, but I don't think it was particularly good either. Um, there, I'm just, I'm not going to tell you everything that happened, but I am going to say some things that stuck out. So, um, there is going to be a bug snacks update and DLC, so that's fun. <laughs> I haven't played Bug Snacks yet, but I do plan on it once I get a PlayStation 5 eventually. Um, we got to see more of Little Devil Inside, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, there's a new Five Nights at Freddy's game. I haven't played those games before, but I am kind of interested in them. Um, there's a new Star Ocean game coming out, which that looked pretty cool. Um, I remember when I was watching it and the Square Enix logo popped up, I was like, fuck. But like in my mind, I knew it wouldn't be Final Fantasy 16 because I'm just like, pessimistic when it comes to that. I, I don't think we're going to see Final Fantasy 16. Uh, I didn't think we were going to see it there, so. Um, new Star Ocean game. I, I, I'm, in, I'm interested in it. I played one of the Star Ocean games, but I, I didn't get too far into it, I think. I did enjoy what I played, though, so. Yeah, kind of cool. Um, it almost looked like Xenoblade Chronicles, um, just kind of, like, stylistically. Um, but anyway, uh, Death's Door is coming to PlayStation. Um, and then, uh, actually my favorite thing in this showcase, or state of play, it wasn't a showcase, definitely wasn't a showcase, um, was actually, uh, we are OFK, and so we first seen, I believe we first seen, this is where I remember first seeing it, um, the whole OFK thing, uh, I think it was the Game Awards, I don't know if it was the Game Awards pre-show, I don't think it was the actual show, I don't remember, but, um, it was something to do with the Game Awards, and it was, uh, they had, like, the little music video, and I was like, this is cool. Like, I'm grooving. And so we got to see more of that. And I think it comes out 2022. I didn't put it in my notes here. But I think that is, I think that's what's happening. And, like, it almost reminds me of the vibe of Life is Strange. Like, it has that sort of aesthetic coming-of-age feel to it. So I'm, I'm actually, like, genuinely excited for this. I think it looks pretty good. Um, so, Yeah. But, um, as for the actual, like, quality of this state of play as a whole, I don't think it was great, and I know some people are going to disagree with me, but I feel like, you know, when you do, like, a state of play, when you do a state of play, I feel like you need at least one banger announcement to sort of justify doing a state of play, and I know to some people that's going to sound like, you know, why are you asking for that much, like, 
because, you know, it, it, we did see a good amount of games, but it felt like everything was kind of, like, mid-tier, if that makes sense, or at least the announcements were, like, mid-tier. Um, I just feel like there should be one big announcement, one thing that is probably going to resonate with most of the people watching. <laughs> and this state of play didn't have that. Like, even with previous state of plays where, you know, we were seeing a lot of Deathloop. Well, Deathloop is, like, a triple-A game that is going to appeal to a lot of people. There wasn't any of that here. Um, like, to me, the biggest announcement out of this was the new Star Ocean game, and even that's pretty niche. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I feel like, you know, for the future of State of Plays, I feel like there should always be one banger announcement where it's like, okay, even if this isn't for me, it doesn't feel like I wasted my time watching it. You know, I'm trying to think of, like, State of Plays uh, in the past, and, like, from what I remember, there have been state of plays that have made big announcements, you know, where you're watching it, and most of the time you're kind of like, eh, whatever, but then, you know, I remember there was one where a Final Fantasy VII Intergrade got announced, so that's, you know, the big banger announcement. Resident Evil 3 Remake, I believe, was also uh, announced at the end of a state of play, so, like, they're able to do this. <laughs> like, they're able to do quality state of plays, so I, I don't know what they're doing, <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's kind of my opinion on it. I feel like there should always be one big announcement that is going to appeal to most people because this just felt like, I feel like you could easily watch this state of play and not be interested by literally anything that they showed off. And I don't know if that's a good idea for them moving forward because, you know, if state of play is going to get this reputation as being just boring or as having games that aren't going to, you know, having literally no hype moments for a lot of people. Um, like, are people going to continue watching State of Plays? Because, honestly, I don't know. You know, I'm going to, because I'm, like, I'm really hardcore, I'm into this, but, um, I don't know. I, I feel like there should always be one big banger announcement, and this, this State of Play just did not have that. It felt like this could have just been a blog post, and, you know, not to say that some of these games should just be reduced to blog posts, um... But I think, you know, when you're showing off these games, then you have that big thing alongside it. It, it just feels better, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's that's my that's my two cents on it. <laughs> Feel free to disagree. But, um, I mean, to be fair, I, like I said last podcast, I wasn't even um, expecting a state of play to happen this year. And honestly, I don't think they needed to have one. Like, after seeing this, I feel like they just should not have had one. I feel like some of those, like, trailers and announcements probably could have been done at, like, the Game Awards. I think the Star Ocean thing especially could have been a Game Awards thing. Um, and then the smaller, like, I'm kind of torn on it, honestly. Because, like, where are you going to fit in those other smaller things? Like, you know, Bugs Next DLC and We Are OFK, which are very clearly partnering with PlayStation. Um and probably are not going to, you know, have any time to shine, you know, before 2022. So I don't know. I, I am kind of conflicted, but I do think that it definitely could have been better. <laughs> and for our next bit of news, um, this actually has to do with YouTube gaming in 2022. So um, YouTube gaming in 2022 is going to be integrating gifted memberships, improved discoverability for live streams, editing tools. So uh, the example they give here is making clips to shorts. Is that, I don't know. I copy and pasted a tweet here. <laughs> um, editing tools, moderation tools, and chat experience improvements. So, 
I think this is really good. I think that Twitch needs some competition. Um, so maybe that they will step up their game a little bit. Um, it's definitely not enough to make me like, oh, I'm going to go on YouTube now. But I do think this is definitely a step in the right direction for YouTube gaming. And I am excited to see, um, you know, where it goes in the future. And if Twitch also decides to be like, hey, we, <laughs> we have to do better. And uh, yeah, so I thought that was cool. There really hasn't been much news <laughs> in the past two weeks, so bear with me. Um, another very small, in, kind of in, mm, insignificant in some ways, um, news story is that Square, Square Enix is getting into NFTs. And I think most of us know at this point that NFTs are like the stupidest fucking thing to exist. Um, sorry to burst your bubble if you think they're cool, but um, they're destroying the planet. And I thought that, uh, I seen this headline on Twitter by Fanbyte, uh, specifically written by Emron Khan. And I thought this was fucking hilarious. And it's just, company that made Final Fantasy VII is unironically excited about NFTs. And, yeah. So, for anyone that has played Final Fantasy VII, you will know that pretty much, like, a, a very big theme in that game is, you know capitalists destroying the planet and the environment for their own gain <laughs> and um yeah it's just I think it's kind of ironic <laughs> I think it's kind of ironic that yeah Square Enix that made this game with the very like anti-capitalist sort of environmentalist message is like hey fuck you <laughs> but anyway um yikes um, Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker has been delayed. It's only a, a small delay. I think it's like two weeks. Um, but I know a lot of people that I follow on Twitter were like, I, I booked like pay time off for this. <laughs> and yeah, I, I feel I feel kind of bad for people that are in that scenario. I hope that you're able to reschedule your paid time off. Um, I haven't played Final Fantasy XIV in a while. So like I'm not affected by this at all. But yeah. Whatever. That's literally all the news. <laughs> That's all the news that I have for you this episode. There has not been much happening, at least not according to my Twitter feed, which is where I always get news. <laughs> so anyway, let's move on to what I have been playing. So I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. I think we talked about this last time. Um, the update came out. Uh, I played a bit of the DLC yesterday. Um, I'm, I'm recording this on Saturday, so I've only gotten to play a bit of the update and a bit of DLC but um, it's fun. The gyroids are cute. <laughs> There's been a lot of new furniture added, by the way. Um, I haven't been able to get much because I just started the game. Um, but there's a lot of new furniture, which I think is fantastic because the game desperately needed it. What else? What else have I been seeing? Oh, yeah. So uh, one thing that I think is cool is that with the roost, you can invite um, different characters with amiibo. And some of the older characters have actually been able to been, you know, invited to the roost and kind of make their appearance in Animal Crossing New Horizons in that way. So, um, Gracie, um, who else? Uh, like, Pelly and Phyllis. I'm sure many more that I can't think of at the top of my head right now, but, um, those older characters that were not in New Horizons and still really aren't in New Horizons, they are able to visit the roost. Um, my only thing about this is that and I don't know what the case is with this so far, is that I'm guessing that they are only able to visit the roost if you have their amiibo, which I don't really like. Um, I think it's it'd be cool even without amiibo. It's just, you know, if you go into the roost one day and you see Gracie there, and it's like, oh my god, it's Gracie. Like, 
I don't want to have to get amiibo just to see characters. I like the sort of randomness that the other games had, where you didn't know who was going to be in the roost, and just kind of having these conversations with these NPCs. And so I, I do hope that maybe there's a chance I can just run into them, but honestly, I don't know. I feel like the update hasn't been out long enough to really um, know that. The DLC is really fun. <laughs> it is literally Happy Home Designer. If you played Happy Home Designer on the 3DS, Happy Home Paradise, that's what the DLC is called, right? Um, Happy Home Paradise is literally the exact same in structure. Um, you know, you get your little work uniform on and you design houses with like their yards and the inside, you design a room for um, the villager and you follow sort of like the request. So the ones that I've done so far have been like a nice little reading room and a room for like pottery. I've only done two so far, <laughs> but it's really fun. I really like decorating and it is really fun. <laughs> so if that seems appealing to you at all, I do recommend it. And you know, there are so many villagers in the game that there's going to be a lot of content in that DLC. Um, if you do want to design a lot of rooms, there's going to be a lot of different prompts, I would assume. So yeah, very exciting. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else in the update. Oh yeah, the Cap'n Island tours. Those are pretty cool. Um, you can get vines. There's like glowing moss and you can like put it on your island too, which is kind of cool. Um, there's also like a lot, I think it's a lot. I'm not quite sure, but there is new uh, DIY crafting recipes and there's cooking. I forgot to mention that. And actually I realized you can only cook with like the cooking like furniture so when at least I think so um because when I go to like my little DIY like stool thing that I have like just outside of my house or even the one in my house um I can't cook <laughs> so I think you need to have like one of those like gas ranges or you know stuff like that and so actually I haven't played Animal Crossing yet today but actually I just finished off paying my loan so my next room <laughs> that's being added to my house today I think I'm going to make into a kitchen so that I can cook so very exciting for me <laughs> but yeah I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing it's been a lot of fun <laughs> um I actually played a bit of the Great Ace Tourney Chronicles again um I still have not finished chapter four because that's where I left off uh, I played a bit more of it so I finished it it is what it is I think I feel like Ace Attorney like I like it but I don't feel like it resonates with me in the same way that I think it does with other people it's like I'll play it but to me it's not I don't know it just doesn't click with me in the way that I wish it would unfortunately but I do really want to try and at least finish um the first uh great Ace Attorney Chronicles because I did get like kind of far in it like I said I'm, I'm on chapter four and there's five chapters I think so I would like to finish it at some point, but we'll see. And a special shout out to Bandori. I think that's how I say it. Uh, Bang Dream, uh, what is it? Girls Band Party. Bandori, ba ba Bandori, Bang Dream, uh, what's it called? Girls Band Party. <laughs> it's a mobile game. I've been playing it actually since it launched. <laughs> um, which, God, I, was, I think I was in high school when it launched, so it's been quite a few years at this point. Um, I've been playing this game on mobile. It is so much fun. It's a rhythm game. Uh, it, it's, um, you know, high schoolers, high school girls. They're in bands. And actually, one thing that I really like is that they have cover songs. So, like, if you like Persona, uh, one of the one of the bands, Poppin' Party, has a cover of, I think it's Life Will Change. 
then, you know, one of the other bands, Afterglow, has a cover of Reach Out to the Truth. There's, like, some Naruto covers in there and, like, a lot of, like, anime opening covers. There are also original songs, but it is, like, it is fun. The, the gameplay is fun and the music is good, um, but I really like... I mean, there's gotcha elements, and I'm not gonna lie, I do kind of like gotcha <laughs> to a degree, um, and I like it in this game, because it's like, I just, it makes me happy when, and I'm always a free-to-play uh, player, by the way, um, I rarely ever have spent money on gotcha, and when I have, it has been like, a, a, like, treat yourself, it's Christmas, like, let's spend $20 and get a nice card today, <laughs> so, like, I personally don't really mind gotcha, but I think that's also because... I am, like, free to play, and I'm not ever, like, tempted to spend money, <laughs> and, like, I can live if I don't get, you know, the four-star or, like, the UR that I want. Like, I can, I'm okay with that, um, but I know for a lot of people that can be kind of triggering for, like, gambling reasons and, you know, financially just not a good time, so I completely understand if you don't like gotcha. I, I don't mind it, <laughs> and actually, uh, the current event that is happening in Bandori is uh, with one of my favorite characters, Sayo. She is uh, the guitarist of Roselia, which is one of the best game, one of the best bands in the game. And um, she has like a Christmas card. Here's the thing, they're trying to catch up on events, I think. So like two weeks ago, they had a Halloween event, but now it's like the Christmas event. And I'm like, I think we should slow it down. <laughs> it's like, we're not doing Christmas on November 1st, but they are. Um, but anyway, I got the four star Sayo that I wanted. So I was very happy. Um, was I going anywhere else with that? I think I just wanted to brag. Um, but, like, the art for the cards is, like, very, very pretty. And they have, like, such pretty costumes. And, like, it's just a fun time. <laughs> um, so if you're looking for, like, a mobile game to play and you want just, like, some Japanese, you know, music and uh, anime covers and girls, and <laughs> it's, it's a fun time. And actually... This is what I was going to talk about. Um, the event stories and, like, the main story and the band stories and, you know, the other character stories that are in there are genuinely really enjoyable. I really love these characters. Um, there's a lot of character development for the characters as well. Um, it's just, it's very fun. They have their own quirks, their own personalities. There is, how many bands are there now? I think there's seven bands in the game. Yeah, I think that, yeah, seven. Yep, I think, I think that's right. The Poppin' Party, Pastel Palettes, Roselia, Afterglow, Happy, Hello World, uh, Raise A, Sullen, I don't know how to say that one, and uh, Morphonica. So yeah, I think that's seven. Can I count right? I don't know. But I have a lot of fun with it, <laughs> so I'm going to recommend it to you all. I've been playing it a lot lately, and I know I don't talk about um, mobile games much, but I play them a lot, okay? <laughs> I play Love Live uh, All-Star Festival every single day, same with Bandari. And I just want to shout out Bandari because it is really good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just got to nerd out every now and then about uh, my idol games or, you know, my girl band games. Um, they're, they're so much fun. And, you know, especially Love Live, I feel like I don't talk about enough. <laughs> and, like, I'm still not talking about it much because I currently play Love Live uh, All-Star Festival. There's two Love Live games. Love Live All-Star Festival and um, Love Live School Idol Festival. Yeah. Or wait, is it School Idol Project? No, it's School Idol Festival. School Idol Project is the anime. Anyway, um, I also really love Love Live. I like the music and the character. I, I feel I'm more attached to Love Live um, 
but I think that Bandory is a better game, which is why I'm recommending it. It also it looks a lot prettier, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, check out Bandory. <laughs> Bandory, girls band, uh, why can I never remember what it's called? Bandory, girls band party. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. If you like rhythm games, if you like anime girls, if you like anime music, just fucking just play it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't been playing many games, to be honest. Gotta get on that. Although, yeah, I forgot to mention, I have been playing Corpse Party um, on stream. I have to get back to that. Anyway, um, so questions. So the question segment for this week. Uh, the question for this week was, what's the first video game you remember playing? Do you have any specific memories of that experience that stand out to you? And this question was uh, influenced by Jay DeMille, just to, just to clarify that. He was my inspiration for this because it was his suggestion. <laughs> but let's get started on the answers. So um, Neep, also known as Beep, said, my first game was Kirby Air Ride. Yes, the game where you race around in different vehicles. I remember constantly playing through City Trial because that was the mode I liked the most and trying to get all the achievements. Very fun, very fun. I actually hadn't heard of this game until uh, I, I kind of Googled it um, when I was reading this. But yeah, cool. I like racing games. I feel like racing games are also like very easy to like pick up when you're young. So cool. <laughs> And then Cordy Kazam said the first video game I remember playing was actually Super Mario Bros. My dad had an NES that he didn't really use, and I guess when I was a little kid, I was messing around in random storage or whatever, and I found the NES and asked him about it, and he set it up, and whoops, still going. <laughs> and then uh, they have in brackets here. The game was specifically Super Mario Bros. and Duck Hunt, so I have a lot of nostalgia towards Duck Hunt as a character, and was thrilled they got into Smash Bros. Really felt like a game that encapsulated my own personal history with video games. That's very cool. That's awesome. And then Fuzzy Bear has, first was Final Fantasy IV, Super Nintendo was FF2. Um, I would say the one that stood out to me was just the music of the game. The fights are pretty cool too as a young kid. Cool. Cool, cool. I honestly can't imagine playing a Final Fantasy game, like, at a young age. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like if, like, and obviously, like, I am young, so maybe that's why. Um, but I don't know. I feel like turn-based combat would just really turn me off like as a young child but that's probably because i grew up in the era of 3d platformers so yeah and then totally zoo has i had a cousin with an nes the three games he had that i played were mario slash duck hunt and simon's quest castlevania 2 not sure which one i played first but duck hunt enthralled me with the ease and immediacy of gameplay at that age while simon's quest had me exploring town and fields until night came and i need to hide kept coming back to that game because I couldn't figure out how to progress, which made it stick with me each time I visited to try and beat it. Uh, years later, I found out that a mistranslation of what you were supposed to do makes it nearly impossible without a guide. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I, I know um, back in the day, there was a lot more mistranslations in gaming than like there is today where it was, you know, game breaking in some scenarios. So very interesting. <laughs> And then Gamer Gal Mila has Shrek 2 on the GBA and Le Mans on the PS2. I haven't heard of that one. I forgot to look it up. Um, I like the wheel more than the game itself for Le Mans. Oh, and Scooby-Doo Night of 100 Frights, which is good. Interesting. I have Shrek 2 on the PlayStation 2. I actually streamed it once. It was a fucking disaster. <laughs> but I, I, I assume it's probably a lot different than the GBA version, but cool, 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 cool. And then Matt has here, the first game I remember playing was either Yoshi's Island on the SNES or Mario World on the Game Boy. 
And Desi Spark has, mine was Lethal Enforcers 2, Gunfighters. I forgot to look this one up. <laughs> My uncle who lived, with, who lived with us at the time had a Genesis and he let me play it. He also had others like Star Trek The Next Generation, Sunset Riders, and Star Wars on the 32X. I got quickly addicted to video games to the point where I was where I bought games that were more suited for me, like Sonic the Hedgehog, Pac-Man 2, and where in time was Carmen Sandiego. Um, I actually have a memory, <laughs> a very vague memory, as I'm sure a lot of us feel when we think of like childhood memories. But I remember one time my uncle was babysitting me, and um, I just remember he let me play uh, Simpsons Hit and Run <laughs> on the PlayStation 2. And also, what was that? SSX. SSX was the other one I remember playing when he babysit me. <laughs> And I didn't have either of those games, but, like, they were fun from what I remember. <laughs> um, very fun. And, like, then I remember, you know, getting more into gaming as I got older. I kind of learned that Simpsons Hit and Run is kind of, like, an iconic game in a way. So I was like, oh, I remember playing that at my uncle's. <laughs> and had no idea that it was, like, this popular thing. And also, that reminds me of another thing. I remember, I don't know how old I was at this time. Maybe, like, 10. Maybe around 10. Um, but my older cousin that lives, um, very far away from me was, like, visiting, and, um, he was playing a game, and he let me play it for a while, but I have no idea what game it was, and I wish I did, because I just, I, the, I have a very vague memory of, like, the graphics, and, like, I think it might have been PS3, because I didn't have a PS3 at the time, and I remember playing it and being like, oh, this looks so cool, and I, I don't remember any, like, I wish I knew what the game was called because <laughs> I could like go back and play it and be like oh but like it's so hard to even describe because it's like so long ago and I remember just being like very confused as well <laughs> because like I feel like he just started me off in like the middle of the game with like no idea of what I was supposed to do so anyway those are some fun family memories <laughs> Uh, and then Iron Aggro has, the first game I played was definitely Crash Bandicoot. Getting the PS1 for my birthday is one of my earliest memories. I can specifically remember getting stuck on the first boulder level and then just replaying the first few levels before that multiple times. That is so relatable, Iron Aggro. Um, so, so relatable. I'll get into it a bit more in my answer, but Crash Bandicoot. And just those 3D platformers in general, um, I think were a lot of people's, you know, earliest memories with gaming. And I just, uh, it, it is very lovely to read your answer <laughs> because it resonates with me. Um, and then Born of Kokiri has Banjo-Kazooie. I was around kindergarten, I believe, when I first played it and spent memories of collecting every Jiggy with my dad, with him helping me collect them and beat Gruntilda. I have no idea what a Jiggy is. <laughs> but that sounds fun. I have to play Banjo-Kazooie. I'm so excited to play it at some point. Oh, and he, and he also has here. It has a, has a huge impact on my life and one I can treasure. I forgot to say that. Um, and then Preferred Whale has Killer Instinct is the first game I remember playing as a bab. <laughs> but a few stand out. Memories of mine include playing iToy and completing a full story playthrough of Mortal Kombat Deception with my best friend for the entire school holidays. Oh my god, iToy. I, I never had an iToy, but I remember, remember back when you could like rent movies and video games? <laughs> I remember I rented iToy at one point. Uh, they had it like the local like store and I rented it and I played with it for a while. And that was, it was kind of cool. It was like the Wii before the Wii. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> iToy, man, that, that, yeah, iToy, that just, that took me back. <laughs> um, 
And then Oblivion says, for me, I was so young, it's hard for me to remember what's first, but I'm 99% certain the first I recall is playing OG Sonic on the Game Gear when I was three or so. I just remember dying a lot, actually holding the Game Gear and the Green Hill Zone music. That's completely relatable. Like, I, even for my answer, I, I was really thinking, I was like, I genuinely don't remember the first game that I played because it was so far back and I feel like I've been doing this for so long. Um... That it's really hard to remember because obviously I'm never going to definitively know what game I first played because I was very young. But, you know, just trying to kind of think like, okay, well, like, it's weird. It's weird to think about. So it's like a combo. Like I think of a few games when I think of what was my first game that I played because it's really hard to remember. <laughs> but you do have like those standout memories that make it a bit easier to remember, I guess. Kind of like, you know, just hearing the music and stuff. And then Mo Plays said, I can't remember the exact first one, but Crash and Spyro were definitely some of the first ones. Thankfully, grew up with the 90s platformers. Crash Team Racing on the PS1 was so much fun. Being through the story mode and messing around with friends was so good. I agree completely. Like I said, I feel like that era of 3D platformers was so special. And I don't know if it's just because that's what I grew up with. <laughs> so I'm very biased. But yeah, very, very fun. Very fun. And then Jay DeMille says, uh, first video game I remember playing is Yoshi's Island for the SNES. I played it with my with my babysitter's son when I was in senior kindergarten. I remember, so what the hell is senior kindergarten, by the way? <laughs> um, I remember the boss fight where Blarg eats you so vividly. I don't know what a Blarg is. Um, it's still my all-time favorite 2D platformer. <laughs> oh, boy. And then uh, Redfield9 says, the first ones I can remember are the pre-installed games on Windows. Mo most importantly, Pinball, Space Cadet. Lots of fun and very early memories with that one. And this actually got me thinking because like I said, I have very vague memories of playing video games as a child because it was very early in my life. But I started thinking, like, I remember when I was young, um, I would play like computer games that my parents would buy for me. And they were like, you know, educational type stuff. But, um, there was like computer games and I was like wait maybe I played them before I played some of these other games that I thought of like there was one it was like there's a series of games called like Gus goes to wherever and I, I fucking loved them <laughs> I remember also there was like a Sesame Street like Elmo one which that was great <laughs> like I remember it being so much fun um and I was like maybe those are my first experiences and honestly, I think they might have been because I remember playing those games in like the because I moved quite a bit when I was a child. I barely remember it, but I have a very like specific memory of playing the Elmo computer game um, in like my parents room in one of our old houses. And um, whereas all my other memories that I could think of were in uh, my later home. So it's like damn like maybe the Elmo computer game was my first experience with gaming <laughs> but we're gonna forget about that because that doesn't count okay <laughs> I'm not counting it um and James says some early games here uh shows you my age sad times I remember playing Tetris Mario Land and Link's Awakening for the OG Game Boy or the Sega Master System Genesis for you I played Sonic Collins and Streets of Rage very fun. And, like, honestly, as I was reading everyone's answers, I was like, I feel really young. <laughs> but, like, I know a lot of people are my age, or even some of them are younger, and are, like, listing, uh, like, consoles and, uh, like, handhelds and stuff that, like, were before my time. So it does make me feel a bit better, but, like, 
here's my answer. So genuinely, um, I feel like it was Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex. Um, and I don't know if it's just, if that's just the one that I played the most when I was younger, but, cause here's the other thing is that I had, like we had the older Crash games. So we had, uh, Crash Warped and Crash Team Racing, which obviously came out before Crash Wrath of Cortex. So it's like, did I play them first or was it Crash Wrath of Cortex? But I remember Crash Wrath of Cortex the most. And also Hot Shots Golf 3. <laughs> So, yeah, like, it's either Crash, Wrath of Cortex, or Hot Shots Golf 3. I also have, like, memories of just, like, watching my parents play, like, Tetris, and also Hot Shots Golf. Um, <laughs> and also, like, I think that the early gaming memories are sometimes some of the most special, if that makes sense. Like, I know we didn't really get into that in this question, but, like, I think one of the reasons that I really remember Crash Bandicoot, Wrath of Cortex is because, like, any time that, like, my cousins would babysit me, we would play Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex. And I someone mentioned it earlier about how, I think it might have been Iron Aggro actually playing Crash Bandicoot, um, about how, you know, always replaying through the first few levels. <laughs> that was my entire childhood experience with games, to be honest. <laughs> Especially Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex. I would always do the first five levels and, like, never play anymore. I don't know. Maybe, uh, is that weird? I don't know. Um... But yeah, I would always play the same, like, I'd always rewatch the opening cutscene to Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex. I'd always play those first, like, five levels, and I, I have vivid memories of playing that game with my cousins. And I, like, I don't want to make gaming sound like it's this deep thing, but, like, I, I do, like, having those memories, I think, is really important. And, like, you know, I remember playing Crash Bandicoot, obviously, with my cousins growing up, and, you know, recently, um, like... Every now and then when my little cousin, uh, comes over, he is, he's a baby. I mean, he's not a baby. He's, like, a toddler. He's four. Um, but, you know, he'll come over and I'll, and I'll play Crash Bandicoot with them. And I'm like, this is, this is so cute. Like, this is, this is my experience, too. And now I can, like, share it with someone else. And it, I don't know. I think it's very wholesome. <laughs> and actually, one of my cousins that used to babysit me now has a child of her own. And that child, I, uh, I remember, I think... I think it was for Christmas, she bought her, like, Crash 4 or something, and I was just like, this is so wholesome, <laughs> like, I don't know, I think, I think gaming just has that kind of special thing to it, where it's like, you know, I remember playing Crash with my cousins, and now my cousins are gonna remember playing Crash with, you know, there's those family memories, and I just think it's so cute, um, so yeah, I just wanted to get that out there, I, Crash Bandicoot is definitely very important to me, <laughs> And, um, you know, Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex, I think, was the first game that I played. I don't know. Um, but there were also a lot of other, like, Crash games that I played, um, that really got me into gaming. You know, Twin Sanity, Tag Team Racing, like, Crash Bandicoot was my shit. It's still my shit. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> but, yeah, I, th I thought that was fun to talk about. So, here's our topic of the show. <laughs> so, we are going to be talking about my top 10 PlayStation 2 games, okay? I know I explained this earlier, so I'm not going to go over it again. So let's just get started with nine-year-old Emmy's um, PS2 game list. Because it's a bit wild, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was nine years old. That was in 2009. <laughs> and, you know, when you're nine years old, you can't play a lot of games because you're a child. At least, you know, I didn't. Um, I know there are some nine-year-olds that are, like, playing GTA and it's like, this is fine. But I, I wasn't one of those kids. <laughs> so a lot, like, there's no... Um, Nothing above the rating of T is in this. <laughs> um, 
and there's there's some licensed games in here too. <laughs> I think it's very entertaining. Okay, so and I'm also gonna give you some quotes of what I said in my little video. Um, I'm not gonna show you the video of my top 10 PS2 games from when I was nine years old because I don't think anyone needs to see that. But um, I, I will quote, I will quote um, nine-year-old me on her opinions of, <laughs> of PlayStation 2 games. This was so cringy to watch, but like, it's also like so cute. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so at number 10, I had Dance Factory and you're probably wondering what the fuck is Dance Factory? And I'm just going to tell you my quotes first that I said. So I said, very fun. And then I also said, not as fun as other DDR titles. So that, that'll that'll give away kind of what this is. So Dance Factory was a game where I think there was a few, there was like three or four songs that were already on it. Um, and it was, you know, it's like a Dance Dance Revolution game. It's obviously not called Dance Dance Revolution. It's called Dance Factory. And I honestly, do I have it? I can see the box art from here, but I, I can't, I don't want to get up um, to see if it's actually like Konami or not. I don't know. Um, but it's not a Dance Dance Revolution game in the way that the other ones are, but it is like that same like step on arrows, use the dance pad, all that. And the gimmick with this was that you can put your own CDs in and it will like create tracks to songs. So like theoretically, hypothetically, um, I could, you know, put in Dance Factory in my PlayStation 2 and then I could, I don't know, get like the Persona 4 soundtrack CD that I have and then put that in PlayStation 2 and it will like generate like a dance track for, you know, Heartbeat, Heartbreak or something. That's how it worked. And the reason why I have it's not as fun as other DDR titles, because at first it sounds like this is fantastic. You know, you get to, you know, put your own songs on there. Um, but the reason why is that the dance tracks, like the beat maps that it generates are just bad. <laughs> like, because it's not custom made to the track. And so it's, it's just very weird. It always felt weird. And like, obviously there's none of that more fancier DDR stuff that you get with like the characters dancing on the screen or, you know, it almost looked like, um, remember back in the day, if you would like listen to music on like windows and it would have those weird kind of like, I'm not explained it, but it was like that. But yeah, very fun, not as fun as other DDR titles. So Dance Factory was number 10 on nine-year-old Emily's list. Um, and then at number nine, we have Ice Age 2, The Meltdown. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and I have here, quote, graphics aren't the best. Very hard. <laughs> Maybe I should go back to this game. I remember, um, like, I remember having fun with it. <laughs> Um, I remember you would, like, play as the squirrel for a lot of the game, and there was also, I think there might have been, like, bowling in it? I don't know. It was a licensed Ice Age 2 game, and apparently I really liked it. So let's just leave it there. <laughs> and then at number eight, we have Madagascar. And I, I have I talked about this before? I don't I think I talked about it on Twitter before. Um, but I genuinely, like, I would still go back to that game and play it, to be honest, because I have fond memories of that game. Um, and here's what nine-year-old me had to say, quote, I wish I could put it higher because it's a great game. <laughs> I loved it. I loved Madagascar. Um, it was actually, I, I, I consider it to be, like, one of the first games that I ever finished. Like, me and my mom played it together, so, like, obviously she did some of the stuff, but, like, I think it was the first game that I really completed. 
and it, it was genuinely a lot of fun. <laughs> like, the different characters had their own different, like, gimmicks, which was cool. So, like, if you were to play as, you know, uh, like, Marty, he had his own gameplay style, or, like, Gloria had her own gameplay style, their own gimmicks, and it's genuinely a good game. <laughs> um... Like, I considered putting it on my <laughs> on my 21-year-old self's list, but I didn't. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I didn't. Um, but yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, not gonna lie. And then at number seven, we have Crash Tag Team Racing. And I have, quote, Not just racing, that's the best part of it. It has an actual storyline, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, let's be clear, the story in Crash Tag Team Racing is not fantastic. But I still love tag team racing. That is still a fun game. <laughs> and I loved it when I was a kid, especially, obviously. Because um, like I said, it's there's not just racing. There's an actual storyline. There's like crash gameplay. Like it's not just like crash racing gameplay. It's like crash gameplay where you like spin around and do platforming. And it's a funny game as well. Um, there's a lot of like humor in it. And so, yeah, I fucking... And you know what? Also, I probably loved it. My nine-year-old self was... When you're at the loading screen, if you press, like, X or triangle, there will be, like, burp or fart sounds. And then if you, like, if you spun around, uh, like, the control stick, it would, like, make it distorted. And you could, like, you could, like, fart and burp at the same time and, like, twirl the thing around. It would make this, like, really fucked up noise. <laughs> so I think nine-year-old me probably enjoyed that. But anyway, <clears throat> at number six... We have Dance Dance Revolution Extreme 2. Um, do, I, do I need to say more? Like, it's Dance Dance Revolution Extreme 2. I think that's all we have to say. It's the best DDR game, uh, without a doubt. Of course, it had to be on this list. I played it so much when I was a kid. At number five, we have Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex, which, like I said, was my first games. And actually, what I said in the video was, quote, I've been playing it since I was, like, three. <laughs> Which I don't even know is entirely accurate because I don't know when that game came out. <laughs> like, it, I, for all I know, it came out in, like, 2004 when I was four. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I've been playing it since I was, like, three. Uh, so it, it was pretty high up. And then at number four, we have Dance Dance Revolution Supernova 2. And I have, quote, I recommend it. Um, let's be clear. That was nine-year-old Emmy's thoughts, not current Emmy's thoughts. Dance Dance Revolution Supernova 2 is still a fun game. It's still a DDR game. It's still fun. But... I, it, like, out of the earlier, earlier DDR games, I think it's probably one of the worst, um, it should not be there. It should not be on that list, or at least not, like, why on God's green earth did I put Dance Dance Revolution Supernova 2 above Dance Dance Revolution Extreme 2? They are incomparable, in my opinion. Um, like, there are good songs on Supernova 2, like He Said, She Said by Ashley Tisdale, like, come on, come on, um, but, like, Dance Dance Revolution Extreme 2 is genuinely fantastic. Like, no flaws. <laughs> I would not put Dance Dance Revolution Supernova 2 on a list now. Um, especially not above Extreme 2. That is... I don't know what I was going on about. Um, but anyway. So now we get to the top three. Top three PS2 games in Little Emmy's mind. So at number three, we have Kingdom Hearts 1, of course. Um, and I have here, quote, It's the start of all Kingdom Hearts. And actually, when I was watching the video, I called it Kingdom of Hearts. And I was kind of like, whoa, whoa, stop that. Um, but yeah, Kingdom Hearts 1. Do I need to explain more? We all know I like Kingdom Hearts. Um, and then at number two, we have Kingdom Hearts Rechain of Memories, which, you know, okay. 
This is where it starts getting questionable, okay? Why is Ray Chain of Memories above Kingdom Hearts 1? I don't know. I didn't talk about it much in the video. Even though this is a top 10, like, video, it was, like, six minutes long, and I would say, like, two of those minutes were just showing off the box art and, like, the disc and reading, like, the fucking ESRB rating. It was a weird video. I did not talk about my opinion that much. I was just like, yeah, like, suggestive song lyrics for GDR. Like, that's what it was, <laughs> which is why I don't want to post it. <laughs> also, I was nine. Um, but yeah, like, I, I, I would like to know um, earlier me's thinking on Rechain of Memories. I think it might just been that um, Rechain of Memories was probably newer around that time. It was the new thing. Maybe that's why. I don't know. But even, okay, even little me, even nine-year-old me said, number one is Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> Quote, it's awesome. Best Kingdom Hearts in the series. This is in my PS2 right now. <laughs> so yeah, um, even, even nine-year-old me was a simp for Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, <laughs> like, are we surprised? Are we surprised at all? We should not be surprised. The top three games in this list are all Kingdom Hearts games. And, okay, you're gonna see in my new list that, uh, you know, Rechain of Memories is not there. <laughs> surprise, surprise, Rechain of Memories is not in my current top 10 PS2 games list. <laughs> um, but, and honestly, I think even back then, I probably would have put other games above it, but because I liked Kingdom Hearts as a series so much, I was like, how can I put, like, Kingdom Hearts below any other, like, game or series? <laughs> like, I feel like that was my mindset. So, that, I think that's kind of why all the top three games are Kingdom Hearts. But anyway, let's talk about my current ideas, because this is probably going to be a bit more interesting. The other one was just kind of, like, for fun. <laughs> Having a good laugh with y'all. And I also kind of cheated a bit, not going to lie, on my current uh, top PS2 games list. So... Here we're gonna get into the cheating. So at number 10, I just have assorted 3D platformer games. And you know, I wanna specify here that, you know, the PS2 was when I was a child. Like that was when the PS2 was banging. Um, I was a kid. I didn't get to play a lot of games when they were coming out. And it is harder to go back nowadays and play those older games, which a lot, a lot of the games that I have on this list uh, are older games that I played, uh, you know, remastered on the PS3, remastered on the PS4. Um, I didn't play them on my PS2, but they are PS2 games. And so it's kind of hard to like rank them in some ways or even, you know, think of many PS2 games that were like genuinely good <laughs> in the way that, you know, we kind of think of like games on the PS4 now because it's just a very different sort of landscape in gaming. And so I have here assorted 3D platformer games because to me, they all kind of bleed into, you know, one for the most part. So I have, you know, Spiral Under the Dragonfly. I know it's a bad game. I know it's a glitchy, bugged, bad game, but it's fun. I had fun with it when I was a kid. So I'm including it. Although there was one level um, where you get in like the tank. That was terrible. But like for the most part, that game was fun. Um, I have other crash games here. Um, so, you know, like, Twin Sanity, I don't know if I'd include Mind Over Mutant, even as a child, I didn't like Mind Over Mutant, <laughs> and what was the other one, the Titan one, even as a child, I didn't like them, but, you know, uh, Nitro Kart, um, what was the other one that I was thinking of? I don't know, um, but, you know, the older Crash games, um, Tie the Tasmanian Tiger, I don't know if that was, like, a thing back in the day, it actually has a remaster now, which I've been thinking about looking into, because I played that game a lot as a child, and I did really like it, um, so yeah, Tide Tasmanian Tiger, um, the music is actually really good. I listen to it every now and then when I'm studying. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I might have to look into that remaster at some point. Um, and there were other games in that series, but I only played the first one. And a lot of these games I never finished, by the way, because I was a kid. I never finished games. Kind of like how we were talking about earlier. I'd replay the first, you know, half hour to two hours of the game. And then I, like, I'd be done with it. <laughs> I, then I'd, the next time I'd play it, I'd go and replay it. That same section. I never finished games when I was a kid. So, there's that. Um, I also have here um, Psychonauts. I still haven't finished that. But I, I played that very recently. And it's fun. It, it fits into that category. And then I also have Madagascar. <laughs> so, Madagascar is, like... So, like, 10 in this list is kind of just, like, an honorable mentions category. It's almost like a top 9, but, um, yeah. We're, so, assorted 3D platformer games. <laughs> um, then at number 9, I have Final Fantasy X-2. And I really like X-2, from what I remember. The gameplay is a lot of fun. Girl power, girl boss. <laughs> um, I, I, like I said, it was kind of hard to think of a top 10 list for, um, just the PS2 because I was so young and a lot of the games I played later on, even the games that I did play later on are still like a while ago. Um, so it's kind of hard to think back, but, um, Final Fantasy X-2 was fun. And I remember that much of it. I remember liking it. And that was, was that, that might have been the first Final Fantasy game I played. It might have been. I don't know. Cause I remember I got it at like a yard sale and I was like, oh, this is Final Fantasy. I didn't know that, like, there was a 10 before 10 too. But what the fuck are Roman numerals, right? And I remember I got Final Fantasy 10 too. So my first Final Fantasy game, I don't know if it was 10 too, but it was either that or, like, 7 or Crisis Core. I don't know. But it was around that same time. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then at number 8, we have Dance Dance Revolution Extreme. And I also... Um, I cheated here and I said, and Supernova, because I kind of put them in the same category. I feel like Extreme is probably better than Supernova, but yeah, I just put them together. Um, we're not including Supernova 2 in this, um, but Dance Dance Revolution Extreme has a really good uh, track list. It doesn't have uh, a lot of the same stuff that I really like that's in Extreme 2, but it's probably my second favorite DDR game. I, I want to play more of it because I don't think I unlocked all the songs in it, um, but that is a very fun game. Very fun game. And then at number seven, I have Jack and Daxter. So, um, I didn't play this when I was a kid. If I did, it would have been on my top ten list, I'm sure. Um, I played this on the PS3. Um, God. It was a while ago. <laughs> it was a while ago. But I really, I really do like Jack and Daxter from what I remember. The platforming was so much fun. And, um, just a very, I think, good Naughty Dog game. Like, what you would expect from Naughty Dog. Very fun game. I really like Jack and Daxter. Uh, Jack 2, go to hell, but Jack and Daxter, the first one, it's just fun. It's just fun. There's no guns. <laughs> There's no fucking GTA. Like, it's just, it's just platforming fun. And the music, even though it doesn't stand out for the most part, I really like that, uh, the music that plays throughout it. It's very sort of atmospheric, and yeah, I really like Jack and Daxter, so. Jack and Daxter at number seven. At number six. <laughs> At number six, we have Crash Tag Team Racing. So this is actually up a spot from younger me, from younger me's perspective, which who would have thought, you know, and here we go. So right away, I'm going to say Crash Tag Team Racing is not a better game than Final Fantasy X-2, Dance Dance Revolution Extreme, or Jack and Daxter. However, I enjoy it more. <laughs> I think I enjoy it more. And there's a lot of childhood nostalgia wrapped up in that. But... Crash Tag Team Racing, I fucking love it. I fucking love it. It has such a bad reputation. 
inserted the Crash fandom as being like one of the worst games in the series. But it is so much fun. Like I said, it's it's funny. It's funny. Pee pee poo poo. Like that type of humor. Um, like the racing and if you're racing, it's probably not fun. But uh, when you like merge with someone, because here's here's the gimmick with Crash Tag Team Racing is that it's not, like, a normal racing game. You can merge with other, like, racers, like, other players, other characters, whatever you want to say, and, like, you can shoot other cars. You can destroy them, and it is so much fun. It is so much fun. And so, whenever I'd play that game, I would never be the one driving. I'd be shooting the other cars, and it was so easy to, like, get in the lead that way. And then, you know, at the very end of the race, you would separate from uh, the person that you were teamed up with, and then you come in first place, and they'd be in second place. And it was just so much fun. And the platforming is fun. I remember liking, like, the different environments. There's, like, a sort of, like, happy ever after area. There is, like, a prehistoric area. Um, just very, very fun. <laughs> um, and, like, I remember the cutscenes being, like, funny. Um, like, genuinely, I want to stream this at some point because I really love that game. <laughs> um, but, yeah, unpopular opinion? I think it is. And then at number five, we have Kingdom Hearts, the first Kingdom Hearts game. Um, so this has gone down a few spots. However, I really like Kingdom Hearts. We all know this. Like, if we were talking about personal attachment, I think this would be at least a bit higher on the list. It wouldn't be number one, but I, I would probably put it at, at least, like, number three. Um, but, you know, just as a game, like, it's clunky, not gonna lie. I love Kingdom Hearts, though. <laughs> like, I don't think I need to talk about how much I love Kingdom Hearts, but, um, yeah. I, I don't think I need to elaborate on that. <laughs> And then at number four, we have Dance Dance Revolution Extreme 2. So uh, this has also gone up a few spots from uh, Younger Me's ranking. Um, Dance Dance Revolution Extreme 2 is the best DDR game that we have gotten in the West. Um, there was actually Dance Dance Revolution Extreme that released in Japan is different than the one that we got in the West. And it has, it's almost like DDR Ultimate in some ways. Like it has songs from pretty much all the games. And if, if I could get my hands on that and play that, that would probably be number one. Maybe not number one. No, not number one, but it would take the place of Extreme 2. But Extreme 2 is the best DDR game that I've had the privilege of playing. Um, the track list is so good. It was also the first DDR game I played. So once again, we're getting a childhood sort of bias and nostalgia wrapped into it. But it is so good. And I really like the mission mode. It's almost like a story, not a story mode, but there's a mission mode. And it like, I like that. There's a lot of songs to unlock. There's different like playing modes that, you know, the other DDR games do have different sort of playing modes, but I think DDR Extreme 2 probably has the most. Um, same with, like, characters and unlocking, like, different outfits for the characters. There's so much. <laughs> um, so Dance Dance Revolution Extreme 2 is my favorite DDR game. Is coming in at number four on this list. So, now we're into the top three. Very exciting. Top three has changed in some ways. <laughs> so, at number three, we have Final Fantasy X. I love Final Fantasy X. Um, I played it on the PS3 when the remaster came out, a uh, 10-2 HD remaster. I haven't gotten to playing it again since then, but I do want to at some point because, you know, it's pretty high on this list. I do really love it, and I played, I feel like, almost every other game on this list more than I have Final Fantasy X, but Final Fantasy X sticks with me the most. Um, I remember the gameplay in Final Fantasy X being one of my favorites, um, especially turn-based. It's probably been my favorite uh, before I played Persona 5. Uh, I think Persona 5 is probably a bit better, but um, Final Fantasy X is, like, very, very close to that. Um, I really, really love it. I don't know if that's, like, a popular opinion or not. I don't know. 
but I really love the gameplay in Final Fantasy X, and of course the story and the characters and the music, all that Final Fantasy goodness. I really want to get back to it at some point, because I remember when I played it, I was like, is this my new favorite Final Fantasy? And you know, obviously, like, it's not, but like, if you, if you have never played a Final Fantasy game before, and you ask me what game should I play to get into Final Fantasy, I would tell you Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy X, I think, is the best place to start, because you're getting that turn-based combat that a lot of the games have, um, but you're still getting the more modern, you know, modern voice acting and cutscenes and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's not like we're going way, way back. We're still going back, but we're not going way, way back. <laughs> um, I think that Final Fantasy X is just a fucking fantastic game. And if you haven't played it yet, I really recommend it. Um, the Final Fantasy X, X, X2 HD Remaster Collection does go on sale quite frequently. It's pretty affordable. So if you haven't played it yet, I really, really recommend it. <laughs> um, and then at number two, we have Persona 4. So I played this game, I want to say when I was in like grade nine. So how old I would I, like 14 maybe. Um, and I actually did play Persona 4 on the PlayStation 2 for the first time um, because I didn't have a Vita. And um, I also didn't have my PlayStation TV at that point either, but I had a PlayStation 2. And so I remember I got Persona 4 for Christmas one year. And because I had been asking for it, I'd heard good things about it online. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try this Persona thing out. And I just, I fell in love with it. And I think, you know, the Persona series in general is really great. But Persona 4 is my favorite easily. And it just resonated with me. And, you know, when I was thinking about this list, I was like, you know, Final Fantasy X and Persona 4, like, they are very similar I would put them in a very similar um, bracket when it comes to, you know, quality. I think they're very similar in quality. But Persona 4 just, it, it resonates more with me. Whereas, you know, when I think of Final Fantasy X, I barely remember the story. I don't remember the characters that well. At least not to the same way that I do with Persona 4. When I think of Persona 4, I can remember almost every single story beat that happens. You know, I'm very attached to the characters. I went back and I replayed it. I played obviously golden, so that's, like, I kind of played through Persona 4 two times, but I've also done, like, half of another playthrough, so, and I also, like, watch the animation, like, I just really love Persona 4, and, you know, the presentation of it is not, obviously, on the same level as, like, more modern Persona 5, um, the dungeons are randomly generated, um, what else was I gonna say, the menus, like, the turn-based combat, there's not as much there, but, I think that the story and the characters are so much better in Persona 4, not to, like, <laughs> not to, like, um, just compare Persona 4 to everything else, but Persona 4 is, it's just so good. Um, I really love the murder mystery of this game. I think that was probably the most appealing thing to me when I first started the game. I was just very invested in, you know, figuring out this mystery, and then, you know, the, you have the characters on top of that, getting to know them, and, um, I really, I just really like the characters. I remember thinking, like, Yosuke was really funny. Um, and actually, if you haven't played the PS2 version of Persona 4, Chie has a very different voice actor. She sounds very different in Persona 4 on the PlayStation 2, and at least in English. And I remember when I first played Persona 4 Golden, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Because uh, Persona 4 Chie on the PS2, she has this very kind of, like, laid-back voice. Like, she's kind of like, oh, Yosuke. Like, it's, she's... Go back, like, go on YouTube and listen to uh, Persona 4 PS2 Chie. She is very different. Very different than how Aaron Fitzgerald voices her as being, like, very, you know, energetic and just very kind of wild. <laughs> so, I remember, actually, it took me a while to get used to Aaron Fitzgerald voicing uh, Chie. 
I, I do prefer her now, but it was very jarring when I first played Golden. And, like, just, obviously Golden is the way to play Persona 4 if you do want to play it. It is the most accessible version now, and it's also obviously the best version that is out currently. Um, but Persona 4 on the PlayStation 2 is still a wonderful experience. Like, that is still a completely, like, full and whole experience that resonated with me very deeply at a young age. And I know I'm kind of ranting on about Persona 4 now. Um, but, you know, I think the overall theme of, you know, coming to accept the darker sides of yourself, coming to accept the things that you might not like about yourself, that you're very insecure about, and that maybe, you know, society has taught you to act a certain way, but you don't fit that. It makes you feel bad about yourself, but you have to accept your shadow self. And I really like that theme. And maybe it's just because that whole theme in general is extremely queer-coded, and the game is extremely queer-coded. Um, but it just, it was one of those games where I feel like I played it at the right time. Because, like, if you remember being 14 years old, <laughs> you know, being in middle school, it's a very rough time. And, you know, playing something, you know, like Persona 4 when you're at that age, it just, it felt perfect. And I think that it is such a special game. And, like, what can I say? What else can I say, honestly? Um, if you haven't played Persona 4 yet for any reason, I really recommend checking it out. It's on Steam. God, they better put Persona 4 Golden on, like, PS4 and Switch at some point. Because God help us if they don't. Like, Atlas, we're just trying to give you our money. That's that's all we're trying to do. Like, just, just put it on there and we will buy it. But yeah, if you haven't played Persona 4 yet, you gotta get on that. <laughs> or at least check it out, because, you know, similar to Final Fantasy X and X-2, it does go on sale quite frequently, so, like, you can probably get it for, like, $10 on Steam, or even, like, $8 every now and then. So, just keep an eye on it, because it is, especially if you played Persona 5 and you really like that, I understand it can be kind of difficult to go back to, you know, Persona 4, even Persona 3 can be even more difficult to go back to, but um, it is worth it at least in my opinion, you know, like I said, the presentation isn't as great, but the music, the story, the characters are on par with Persona 5, if not better, in my opinion. Please play Persona 4. <laughs> and then at number one, at number one for my top 10 PlayStation 2 games of all time, we have Kingdom Hearts 2. So this is the one thing that has not changed at all. <laughs> uh, it's still Kingdom Hearts 2. And, you know, I thought about it. I was like, well, is Kingdom Hearts 2 a better game in Persona 4? But I didn't really, I didn't want to think about it too much because I don't care enough to, to think about it that much. Because at the end of the day, Kingdom Hearts 2 is always going to be probably one of the most important games to me. Like, there are very few games I would put on this level. You know, I, it is, what, Kingdom Hearts as a series is what got me into gaming. Kingdom Hearts 2, I feel like, you know, not only got me into gaming, but it got me... It, it, it did so much for me and I, I like it's it's almost hard to kind of describe but Kingdom Hearts 2 is so special and I have so many memories of playing that game as a child and you know like kind of I was talking about earlier I've never finished games so I remember playing the Twilight Town bit very much with Roxas and I'll never forget because I would, I would always get stuck at the point where you were doing like the jobs like I would do the jobs but I didn't know they had to, like, go up and talk to Hayner at the end of it and, you know, give him the money. And so I remember one day I was just kind of exploring uh, after doing some of the jobs and I went up and talked to him and there was a cutscene. And then after that there was, like, the Twilight Thorn battle and my mind was just 
blown. <laughs> like, as a kid, I was like, this is so fucking cool. And also, like, sort of the mystery of, like, the organization and what are what are these enemies, these dusks, and, you know, what's going on with Roxas and this town? Like, that was so intriguing to me as a kid. Especially having not, you know, Kingdom Hearts 2 was also my first Kingdom Hearts game. And so, you know, especially not having known about, you know, the first Kingdom Hearts, I was just so fucking intrigued by this opening. And, um, it's just, it's so special. And, you know, I also never forget when, um, you know, Sora, I start playing as Sora in the game. And when, after Hollow Bastion, I remember I was, like, in the world map and I went to, like, Mulan's world, Land of the Dragons. And I was like, I, I very specifically remember, because I would always play video games downstairs, and I remember going upstairs to tell my mom, like, I'm playing this game, and, like, I'm playing with Mulan, like, it's like the Disney movie, and it was just, it's so cool, <laughs> and I feel like some of that magic has just, it has stayed with me, and, you know, now, when I think Kingdom Hearts 2, I think more about the story, I think more about the characters, I think more about the gameplay, but, you know, there's still that magic to it, and so, you know, I find it hard to, like, I can't really remove that when I think of some of these games, especially games that I played really early on in my life, you know, like Crash Tag Team Racing, as, as bad as that game may be, it is special to me, um, and so, you know, I think when, you know, you're making top 10 lists of literally anything, or just kind of talking about how you feel about games in general, I feel like especially recently there has been this need to sort of like be objective and I don't think <laughs> that that is the right way to go about things because you know there are so many games where I could say this is objectively better than this game however I enjoyed this bad game 10 times more than I enjoyed this objectively good game I think that sometimes that's more important and you know if I ever do this with um my top 10 DS games which was the other video that I found on that old laptop um I think it'd be a kind of similar conversation but yeah Kingdom Hearts 2 Kingdom Hearts 2 is always going to be the GOAT like let's be honest like that's my favorite game of mm, no I was gonna say it's my favorite game of all time in general but that's like it's kind of tied between that and 999 to be completely honest um so yeah I can't decide between those two, but, like, it's up there. Um, so, of course, that did not change. Kingdom Hearts 2, best PS2 game. I, I, that's never going to change. <laughs> that's never going to change. And I'm okay with that. But that is the end of this episode. So, thank you so much for listening to the Luna's Galaxy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Or leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and I will read it on the show. I'll be back on Tuesday, November 23rd for the next episode where we'll be discussing who knows what. If you want to be a part of the Luna's Galaxy community, you can join our Discord server, link in the description. Um, you can also keep up with me on Twitter, Instagram, or Twitch where I'm at Games. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye!